Thanks for joining our YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, please click that subscribe button to join our community. That way you get notified each and every week a message pops up. With that being said, we pray that this message encourages and inspires you to take one step closer to Jesus. Good morning, risers. It is so great to be with you again today. If we have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Tina Blunt, and I'm the community pastor here at Arise Church. You know, I'm excited to bring you today's word, but I am even more excited to let you know that next week, all of our campuses will resume in-person gatherings. And so we hope that you are making plans now to attend and that you are thinking about who you can invite to attend with you. You know, one of our core values here at Arise Church is simply this, life is better when it's experienced together. I'm gonna say that again, because it's just fun to say, life is better when it's experienced together. And you know, I really believe, and we believe here that that is absolutely true. I love doing life with many of you risers. I tell you what also I like, I like catchy phrases. I like the way that core value just rolls off our tongue. You know, one of my favorite phrases is from a movie you're probably familiar with that Forrest Gump. In fact, you can probably already quote exactly the phrase I'm going to say. Forrest Gump sat on a park bench and he said this. He said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You know, another one of my favorite phrases is from the movie Top Gun. And I love when Tom Cruise says, I feel the need, the need for speed. Well, today I'm gonna to introduce you to another catchy phrase. And it's the one that we are going to use as the foundation for this message. And here's the phrase, the Bible is like an onion and the more you peel it, the sweeter it gets. I'm gonna go ahead and say that again for you. The Bible is like an onion, and the more you peel it, the sweeter it gets. Now, I know that some of you are thinking an onion is sweet because you're not a fan of onion. You don't really enjoy an onion. But the reality is, is that an onion is a change agent in a meal. And when you begin to peel it, when you add it to any meal that you have at all, like it or not, we have to agree that it absolutely changes the flavor and the substance of that particular meal. Now, the reality is, is that you just can't take this onion and throw it in a pot of soup or throw it in a pasta. You, you can't do that. You've actually got to cut it. You've actually got to grab a hold of it and, and you've got to begin to peel off the layers to it. You've got to peel it layer by layer. And as you do, sure, it might produce some strong aroma and it might make your eyes cry a little bit, but the deeper you go into the onion, actually the sweetest it is. Well, as many of you know, this month we have a spiritual discipline that we're focusing on, on Bible reading. And I hope that many of you are having um, really powerful times with the Lord, that you are encountering God, that you are learning more about God and that you are experiencing powerful revelation. But here's the thing that I wanna say to you is that the more time we spend in the word, the more time we spend in the word, just like this onion, and the more we peel it back, the more life change we're going to experience. Because just like this onion, the word of God 
is a change agent. But we've got to get in there and we have to do the work that allows us to experience that change. You know, one of my favorite passages um, is actually found in Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to turn to it here. And it says this. It's in Luke chapter 8, verse 17. And it says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known are brought out into the open. Now, I love that because what God is saying, he's saying, I've got treasure for you. I have nuggets of gold that I want to reveal to you about myself, about yourself, about life, about eternity, but you're only going to find it if you search for me. In fact, there's a passage of scripture. It says, you will find me, me, Jesus, when you search for me, as though you're searching for silver, as though you're searching for treasure. We have to dig for it. Now, I don't know about you, but but there are areas of my life that I need some revelation about. There are some areas of my life that, that I need to experience life change. And I'm wondering if you can relate. Yeah, I've tried all of the other things. I've read all of the other books. But at any time of my life that I truly needed to experience transformation, it hasn't come through any other way other than the Word of God encountering God Himself actually through the Word. You know, I love how the author of Hebrew talks about it. He talks about it in Hebrews chapter 11. And he describes the word of God this way. He says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You know, if I could break that down into Tina speak, I, I might say it this way. The word of God cuts between the, polo- the bologna and the cheese between the peanut butter and the jelly, between the meatloaf and the mashed potatoes. Come on, somebody. It gets right into the middle of things inside of us, and it begins to give us revelation. It begins to expose our thoughts that are not lined up with God's word. It it begins to connect us to God so that when we're reading, we're not just reading as though we're checking off the box. We're reading to encounter him. We're reading to encounter him. And, and I just want to pause here for some, some, for just a moment and give you just a, a personal testimony. You know, I had written a completely separate message to share with you today. And last night, as I slept, the Lord kept speaking this to me in my dream over and over and over again. And when I woke up, I, I challenged the Lord just a little bit. I, I wonder if you ever do that. And I'm like, Lord, we've already talked about Bible reading. We, we've already talked about it. And yet I felt the persistence of the Lord to continue on this topic. Because see, like just like a person, we get to know a little bit at a time as we peel back the layers. God wants to be known in the same way. He, he wants for us to peel back the layers of who he is. And he gently wants to peel back the layers of who we are. So I know you might be thinking, I've already heard this, Pastor Tina. Yeah, maybe. But what are you doing with it? Are you allowing him to peel the layers even as you spend time with him in scripture? 
You know, a few weeks ago, God just reminded me of the power of his layers. I was in my own devotion time with the Lord. It wasn't a time of deep study. I wasn't preparing for a message. I was literally just spending my personal devotion time with him. And I was in Luke chapter one, and I was reading the story about Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now, many of you are familiar with this story, but for those of you who aren't, let me give you the Cliff Notes version. Zechariah was a priest, and he and his wife were well up in years. In fact, scripture calls him and them very old. But even though they had the blessing of Zechariah being a priest, what they did not have were any children. And we know that for those who um, cannot experience um, pregnancy is devastating today, but back in Bible days, it, it was shame. It, it was an area of shame because they didn't have an heir. They didn't have someone that they could pass on their lineage to. They didn't have someone to carry on their name. And so it was a burden to them during that season. Well, as God would have it during a lottery type of situation, um, according to scripture, Zechariah was given the ability to go into the temple where he could burn the incense. Now, this was a big deal. It was a really big honor. And so while he goes in to actually do this and, and um, light this incense before the Lord, all of the other priests were outside and the worshipers were outside and they're worshiping. So can you just kind of imagine the scene of what's going on here? You've got this holy moment inside the temple, and then you have all of these worshipers on the outside of the temple. And so there Zechariah is, and, and there as he is doing what he has been called to do and given the honor to do, the angel of the Lord appears to him. Okay, so can we just pause there for a moment? We read over that kind of stuff like it's no big deal. But if you and I were in our prayer closet, so to speak, and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord showed up, I think we might wig out a little bit. I know I sure would. But the angel of the Lord comes to him and he says to him, and I'm going to read this to you because this is so incredibly powerful that I don't want you to miss it. He says to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, which already tells me that Zechariah was afraid. He says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Oh my goodness, can you just, can you even just imagine what that moment was like? How powerful that, that had to have been for Zechariah to, to think, okay, I need to pinch myself. Is this actually happening here? And I know that this story is familiar to some of you, but, but please don't let the familiarity of the story stop you from peeling another layer and, and, and getting more from the story like God gave me, because this is what he wants to do for each in every single one of us. So Zechariah is in the temple and, and basically the angel of love, the Lord just said, in essence, dude, you're about to get a miracle. Like, I mean, in essence, I know that's what he said, not biblically, but in essence, that's what he just said. And interestingly, Zechariah did not pump his fist like he had just scored a touchdown and go, all right. He didn't do a happy dance. Um, he didn't fall on his face and worship God and go, oh, thank you, Lord. He actually said this. He said, how can this be since I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years? How can this be? Now, 
If you've heard this story preached before, you probably know that the angel of the Lord reacted pretty strongly to his um, to his statement. In fact, the angel of the Lord said, look, I'm Gabriel. Um, you don't get to question me like that. And he said, so as a result of what you just said, he goes, I'm going to close your mouth and closed his mouth. He did. He closed his mouth for nine months for the entire duration of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Zachariah couldn't speak. He couldn't come out of the temple and use his words to tell his wife, this is about to happen. He couldn't do that. He could make signs and gestures and facial expressions and hand movements, but that's all that he could do. And you've probably heard it preached that he was given this as a consequence because of his lack of faith. Well, maybe he didn't have a lack of faith, but can we just put ourselves in his position? The dude is old. He's really old. And his wife is really old. And their bodies were probably past the point where this would have been naturally possible. And so is it unreasonable to think that he would have said, um, how's that going to happen? I, I, I mean, we like to um, like make Mary this, this golden, beautiful child that she was who said, may it be unto me, as you have said. And we like to vilify Zechariah, but, but I'm not sure that I would have handled it any differently. And so I, as I sat there, I just wondered like what it was like to be him in that moment, to, to begin to think about what on earth, like what on earth. And then as I processed it in prayer, as I peeled back the layers, if you will, not just in the word of God, but, but with the one who actually is the word, I just really began to say, Lord, I, I, I'm just not sure that the punishment fit the crime. I'm just not sure why did he have to be punished to that degree for what many call a lack of faith. And as I pondered it, I, I really felt like the Holy Spirit asked me a question. And the question was this, was it really a punishment? Now, I don't know about you, but anytime that the Lord asked a question in scripture, he's not asking it for his benefit. He's asking it for our benefit. And so I knew that the Lord was trying to unearth something for me as I sat there feeling sorry for Zachariah. And as I meditated on his question, the Lord brought another scripture up in my mind. You see, here's the thing. When we spend time in scripture and we hide his word in our heart, God will bring it up at just the right time that we need direction or redirection and encouragement. And so the Lord led me to the book of Proverbs. And it says this in Proverbs chapter 18, he says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those that love it will eat its fruit. And as I sat there for a moment, pondering it all and and putting it all together, it's as though all the dots began to connect. And what I realized is that Zachariah's punishment really wasn't punishment at all. It was protection. You see, when God speaks a word over us and he has a plan over us, you and I have a choice to either partner with him or not partner with him. And certainly God can do whatever he wants to do because he's sovereign and he's God. But what I believe God was revealing to me on that particular day is that our words have power. And I believe that God closed Zachariah's mouth so that Zachariah could not or would not kill the seed that was about to be planted in faith in Elizabeth. 
And you know, that wouldn't have happened if I was just, that revelation wouldn't have happened if I was just reading to check the box. If I was reading to just say, okay, I completed today's life journal reading. You see, some of us need to speed up our reading. We need to take in a whole lot more. But some of us need to slow down enough that we actually encounter and experience God, not just actually check the box. You know, my Bible reading time that morning really reminded me of, of a couple of things. It reminded me that words matter. It reminded me that our words do have consequences. It reminded me that sometimes what feels like punishment in our life is really God's protection. And it reminded me that even the most familiar of passages have more to reveal to us if we're willing to peel the onion, if we're willing to peel open the pages of scripture and to get to the sweet spot of what God wants to say to us. You know, it's become a part of my devotion time to say to the Lord right before I begin to read, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I want him to know that I want to hear everything that he has for me. Now, yes, I know reading takes time. And yes, I know that reading the word and peeling back the layers takes intentionality. And yes, I know that, that it's an interactive activity. But I also want to remind you is that it can change your life. You see, there are some things that I have viewed as punishment over the course of my life that in that moment, God began to reveal to me were not punishment, they were protection. Were they easy? No, they weren't easy. But they were God's protection. And so I wanna encourage you today, how's your Bible reading going? Are you in the Word? But more importantly, are you letting the Word get in to you? Are you encountering the Word? And are you encountering the God of your word. It really doesn't take that long. What it takes is for you to say, all right, God, here I am. Bible in hand, let's open it up. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now I would be remiss to close this broadcast without giving you the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You see, the thing is, there was another act of protection that happened in scripture, and it happened in the Garden of Eden. It happened to Adam and Eve, and I'm sure it didn't feel like it was protection as they were escorted out of the garden for disobeying the Lord. But the reality is, is that it really was God's protection. God did not allow them to continue to live in a place separated from his presence. And he doesn't want you to do that either. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ to the earth to live a perfect and blameless life so that when we place our faith in him, we can be saved. But friends, I will tell you, it's a two-step process. It's not just believing, it's also speaking. I love this passage in Romans chapter 10, verse nine. It says that if you and I confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, then we will be saved. So can I just invite you right now, wherever you are, whatever you're wearing, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're holding, to just bow your heads with me and to say this prayer, Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and I desperately need you. Father, would you come into my life? Would you save me? Would you lead my life? I give it to you. I surrender it to you. 
And I ask you, Father, that as I study your word, to bring me revelation, to teach me and guide me so that I can follow you. Well, I thank you so much for joining us today here at Arise. I'm excited for those of you who just accepted Jesus as your Savior. And I'm so excited for those of you who are going to take your Bible reading to the new level. Go ahead, church. Let's peel the onion. Thank you for watching this message today. We ask that you hit the subscribe button and share this message on all social platforms. Man, we are hoping that you were encouraged and blessed by what you heard. And we cannot wait to see you next time.